0: One Lisa J here with another episode of No Pink Spandex. I've got my partner in crime, Jeremy, with me. Yo. And we have a very special guest with us. Uh, This man has worked on numerous uh, film, television, like, I mean, the the number of things that I was going through his, his resume, I I mean, we would be here all day. And we really don't have all day because he's a very busy man. (laughs) So um, we have here none other than Jeff Pruitt. He was the uh, stunt coordinator on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Welcome, Jeff. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. I guess let's just uh, get right to it. And um, what inspired you to get into the martial arts?
1: um it was bruce lee in the green hornet series i i saw bruce lee and i used to watch a lot of samurai films and uh, those were the two main things plus the the james bond films so when i was a little kid really really little kid i first saw those and especially bruce lee that when i saw him as kato that got me so excited and uh, that's all i could think about
0: a lot of a lot of uh, martial arts. They, it was Bruce Lee is like one of the top that that mm-hmm. comes to mind. What what about Bruce Lee that inspired you? What was it that he was innovative, or what what inspired you about him?
1: Well, I I, I think he was just so cool. You know the character the way he played Kato was was so mm-hmm. cool. He was the sidekick of the Green Hornet, but yet he did and, and I had never seen anyone get kicked in the head like that before. That was new <laughs> back then. You know. So, uh, yeah, I thought, God, I've got to I, I want to do that. That's for the rest of my life. I want to do that. It's just one of those things like a lot of kids say when they first saw this sport or that sport or 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 something, they just knew this is what I want to do. And and they make and for me, I didn't know I would make a career out of it or anything, but I thought that uh, somehow this is what I wanted to do. And uh, I had to and, and I did. I, I was able to do all of those things that I that I dreamt of doing but all because of Bruce Lee
0: and what led you to uh get into stunts and how how did what was that road like
1: well along the way while I was uh practicing martial arts I uh, started watching the wild wild west I don't know do you remember the original wild wild west with Robert Conrad he did all of these long fight scenes with uh the men And I mean, they were doing all of these falls and crashes and stuff. And I always thought, wouldn't it be cool to take the kind of fighting that Bruce Lee was doing on the Green Hornet and then add some of these big falls that they were doing in the Western films and merge it together. In, and so uh, as I went along, I started uh, playing and practicing stunts. I did motocross. I did all of these things. And along the way, I got in contact with some producers in Hong Kong and they in, in, encouraged me to come to Hong Kong, but by that time, I had started working in Georgia on little films that would come into town in my home, home uh, state of Georgia, and uh, as that got going, uh, I just sort of gradually slid into stunts, and uh, I never made it to Hong Kong. I just kept going on, and I went on to Hollywood, and then just continued uh, there from working with the same people that I had met in Georgia.
0: And what was, what was some of the challenges of, did you ever, did you ever like regret, like not going the Hong Kong route or like, I mean, what's some of the challenges that you were facing trying to, you know, decide whether like, okay, well, all right, I made the right decision. It just stuck with Hollywood or or did you even feel like you had any, um, had any regrets well I
1: I don't know because it's something that was always on the back burner I could always go to Hong Kong and do that it was mm-hmm. new at the time you know they were but it I as I as I sort of got into Hollywood and started finding things out and I sort of it was it was slow at first but then gradually picked up steam and then when i was when i was able to start choreographing fights for for films that's when i completely just forgot all about hong kong and just concentrated on that because if i had gone to hong kong i would have been just another white bad guy you know coming out and and performing whatever they told me to do and then i would go home but in hollywood i was able to be the boss and I was able to learn and choreograph and direct and do everything that I wanted to do. So it was more fun for me to to be behind the camera and do those things than it would have been for me to be in front of the camera and just following orders in Hong Kong.
0: And everybody likes to be the boss. So I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Some people don't. Some people love to perform. You know, they
1: just love to perform stunts. But for me, it was just it's just a creative thing. It's mm-hmm. um, uh you know because it com- it it combines uh choreographing fights and and directing and those are the two things that uh, I enjoyed the most and uh and I like to showcase people when people have uh certain skills certain talents they they've not been able to perform on screen before I like to find a way to work it into the action scene and give them a chance to show off you know so I enjoy doing that
0: so what was your first um stunt coordinating job?
1: Well, actually, I, I started choreographing a few things while I was still in Georgia. This was in the mid 80s, the early 80s. And by 1989, I was in Hollywood and some of the uh, stunt coordinators were letting me choreograph martial arts fights for them because at that time it wasn't the way it is now at that time uh, there were only just a handful of Asian stuntmen and only two of them could throw kicks you know oh, I mean wow. kick on the head was like a, a big deal and uh, the kind of fights that I wanted to do with fast combinations and this type of thing they weren't doing they were doing the old Western style you know they, they used to tell me to slow down you gotta stop. You gotta grab this. They would say, grab the can of peas off the shelf. Hit him with a big punch. You make eye contact with him. He makes eye contact with you. Then you grab the chair. And then there were all these like beats, one and two. Everything was slowed down. If you've watched some uh, television shows from the '70s, you've probably seen right. this type mm-hmm. thing a lot. But uh, I wanted to go fast, fast, fast. More like what you see Jackie Chan doing in Police Story, if you're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that kind of that kind of rhythm, you know, that kind of speed. So uh, I wanted to combine uh, the type of fighting Bruce Lee was doing with the type of stunts you see and Jackie Chan was doing in Police Story. So that was that was uh, the main thing. So my first one that I got to do, well, I actually did a Mexican film first and then I choreographed uh, some stuff for a film called Martial Law. Then when they did the sequel to Martial Law, that was my first Hollywood coordinating job. And I started coordinating uh, all the uh, fight scenes for uh, Pierre David's martial arts films. And I just went on from there. And
0: And so you were, I mean, you were, you were doing, you were doing movies, you were doing uh, these types of things. What, so how, what was the, where was the leap from, uh, you know, doing, you know, film after film, doing the stunt coordinating to Power Rangers? I mean, or was it just that, you know, it was just one gig after another, and then it just so happened that it was Power Rangers? How did that, how did you um, lead up to to Rangers?
1: Well, in those, uh, in the early 90s, I was, um, I would double the star a lot of the time, choreograph the fights, and then I would also sometimes get to play either a bad guy, or I would play uh, the, a friend, a, a sidekick of the story, come in and do some fighting myself. And so the producers I was working with at the time kept trying to figure out a way to do a feature with me playing a character in it. And, and that way the, I, at that time, the whole thing, no one had seen Jackie Chan and, and this type of thing yet. And so they wanted a way to introduce that and be the first to do that. And, um, so we were going to do those kind of films. And one of the one of the stuntmen, uh, stunt coordinators that I had worked with who was trying to get some shows off the ground, he was a director. He uh, went to uh, Saban and he was doing films as a stunt coordinator for Saban. And they got this idea of... Um, at the time, I think, uh, Toy Company was trying everything in the world to sell uh, the rights to... What was uh, the Sentai shows, the, uh, the Power Rangers in, in Japan, which I'm sure you're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were trying to sell the rights to that in America dubbed. You know, they wanted to dub it in and um, they couldn't do it. And I mean, they kept lowering the price, lowering the price. No one would do it. And uh, I remember John, John Stewart was the director's name. He came to me and said, uh, look, I want to I'm trying to get a deal going with Saban. To do a movie with you but they've got this stupid show they're trying to get off the <laughs> ground and he said man don't worry i mean no one's ever going to see it but i want you to come in and 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 help out on it and at the time i couldn't do it because i was just i was loaded down with work so i told him man i can't right now but let me know if it, if you if you make it to series with this and so you know this is when saban got the idea of uh, creating um scenes with American actors and then using the Japanese footage that his whole thing was how to make a show super super cheap and just get it out there for like a season you know that was the original idea so they did that John did the the, I think they did like two pilots and before finally Margaret Loesch at Fox was able to get it pushed through and um they started making them And at the time, they were using all Japan footage for the Power Rangers fighting and the Zord fighting. And they were using uh, the American kids to do a little bit of fighting, too. And uh, John came to me one day and said, uh, look, Isaac Florentine, who's who's been directing the actors, he's he's about to leave. He's going to do he wants to be a director. And uh, he said, look, we need we need you to come in because, you know, this stuff. Just come in and and just do a little bit of it because you know, we've only, we're probably only going to do the rest of this season and, and and that'll be it after this season. And I said, sure, I'll, I'll come in and start shooting. So I came in and started shooting, uh, directing the um, action scenes for Power Rangers. Then it took off. I mean, it just went like through the roof and we couldn't believe it. And then they said, well, you're going to have to start shooting more and more uh, footage. And and we're going to have to figure out how can we keep making this show? This is when, they were trying to figure out, are we going to change the suits? Because now we're going to get picked up for a second season and mm-hmm. everything. So at any rate, it, it just took off. And then after that, I just started shooting everything. And uh, it, we went all the way up to the feature film, first feature film. And then I did that. And I did a couple more episodes in the third season. And I got my DGA card and then I left.
0: <laughs> You're and like, I- uh... <laughs> Oh, nice what? to know you guys. <laughs>
1: well, it it was just that it was a, it was becoming a big deal. It was one thing when when it was under the radar when we first
0: right
2: burst. right.
1: But then it it started becoming a big big deal and then when we got a deal to do a big feature film with Fox, by that time it was like, you know, people you couldn't get your, you had to, I had to make a choice, do you get your DGA card and you're able to direct on regular television or do you uh refuse to do it or what you know so i I took the card and and went on you know to direct other things so you know because at the time saban was trying to keep it non-union and no one you know once you once you start making so much money i remember we were doing shows for like between 165 grand per episode to 250 grand per episode which is like Nothing, you know, that isn't mm-hmm. a, a star salary, you know, and uh, we that's were doing. Craft
0: service service.
1: Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was, And even though that was like 1994, but still, that was, uh, you know, that's still very, very low. And, and, but the profits were enormous. And so I remember uh, talking to them about it and they kept saying, just hang in there, just hang in there. We'll, we'll go union next season. We'll go union next season. But they kept telling me that, but they didn't, didn't do it. And then um, the other stuntmen and everybody started looking at me, going, "Hey, man, you're working on a non-union show. How can you keep doing that?" And I, I kept telling them, "Oh, well, they're going to go union. They're going to go union." But they never did. And when I talked to the producers about it, they said, "Well, Jeff, you know, the show, it seems to be making money, but it's not really making money. You know, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they face." But I had a copy of the Wall Street Journal, and it, and the, that, the Wall Street Journal had a big picture of Hyam. And it said the headline was power Rangers has made him a fortune. And it said that in 12 months time, we had grossed $1 billion at a time when the whole film industry made 5 billion that year, we grossed $1. Wow. So I thought, my God, if they're not going to do it now, they're never going to do it. so, you know, so I was gone after that, but I enjoyed the, the, the peak of the popularity of the show. and, it was fun. It was fun to do. We had a good time.
0: So, besides the whole union/non-union thing, what was the what were the differences um, with working on this show as opposed to your previous projects and your and the previous films that you've done?
1: Well, I would say, on the previous shows, people made more money. They asked <laughs> The actors definitely made more money. I mean, I was shocked when I found out how much money the actors were making. But um, uh, I mean, I, I was paid pretty well and, and everything. But the but it was just a, it was a non-union gig and there were no benefits and there were no uh, and the actors were paid very small amount of money. But uh, they, but also on the other hand, and then this is what they uh, told me at Saban was, hey, we're giving these kids a chance to get a started as actors and as stunt people this is their opportunity to to show off make a little money and then they can go from there so this is like opening the door to them that was their attitude and i said well that's true too and for me too i felt like i had directed uh some low budget uh, martial arts films to fight scenes but for me too it gave me more of a chance to direct every single day you know five days a week and so that was uh, it was a good opportunity for me as well because at that time th- this was the only show that had that you know it was there there wasn't uh anything like a buffy or or the type of shows that you see nowadays uh there was just uh this was the first time power rangers was the first time we had wall-to-wall martial arts fighting every single day so it was a good it was a good opportunity for me too to practice and and have fun and uh it was all play you know we just got to, as long as we stayed within the parameters of, uh, of the sensors, what they wanted. And that, yeah, you couldn't really kick yeah.
0: people in the head or, you know,
1: uh, that's right. We were, uh. we were required not to hit anyone in the head and we had to do everything, uh, flip, fly, uh, make every time. Even I remember one time the sensors sent me, uh, memo saying, could you please have Tommy not make a mean face when he throws a punch or a kick? I heard that.
0: (laughs) I heard about that. That was
1: hard, you know, because I I talked to Jason about it. And he's like, man, how can all these years of martial arts and now I have to like, what, look happy when I'm punching? How do I do it? So this was, you know, this was the kind of thing, though. And then the next day they would forget about that and they would be on to something else. So it was just a it, it was funny. But uh, it was frustrating sometimes because I was just tiptoeing around trying to figure out what could I do that would be that would make the censors and the parents happy and still make the kids excited about, you know, buying the toys and everything. So uh, get, get it, uh, get the kids revved up and wanting to play, but at the same time not look violent or, or anything. Mm-hmm. So it was like uh, that was where we were at.
0: Did you ever throw in, like, some stunts that you, you know would never make it through the censors? You'd never make it through the, the big wigs, and then when you kind of tamed it down, you know, they were like, "Oh, okay, this is not so bad." But you know, normally they would like, uh, well, they would censor the other, the, uh, the lesser version if you showed that if you showed them that first.
1: Well, did you must have heard the story that I've told the story before, but. Um... I I kept getting memos all the time from the censors about about violence and things, and so I learned that there was one person who was in charge of censorship at the at the uh, at Fox at the studio, and her job was to look at the footage and then pick she had to pick something out that she thought was too violent and then send a memo to us so it it appeared that you know she was on the job she was because there was so much the show had become so popular that now it was getting all of the attention, you know, all around the world. I remember one time I went home and uh, I was watching C-SPAN and there was Margaret Loesch, you know, the head of uh, Fox Kids, you know, the person who's really responsible for getting Power Rangers on the air. And she was testifying to Congress. And I was going, wow, what's she doing there? Then I saw a big screen behind the congressman, and it was Jason Frank jumping and and fighting on Power Rangers, and I went, wow, they're they're showing one of my fight scenes. On wow, why is why is Congress looking at my fight scene? And then the whole testimony was all about how you know Power Rangers may promote violence in children. So we were getting a lot of pressure because we had become so popular. Now it's a little bit less. They don't really pay that much attention to it now. But at the time, it was a big deal, and so. They would send this, the, the memos to me. And I and this person at Fox, her job was to come up with something to show her bosses that she was on the job and getting rid of the violence. So I would get the memo. So finally, I would say to my DP, well, let, look, let's just do something really obnoxious. Like every couple of fight scenes, I'll put something in that I know is so over the top that she can send me a memo and say... We need you to pull that because we think that's too violent. And I would go, oh, yes, good idea. So I remember one time we, I, I put a putty head, filled it full of like spaghetti sauce up against a tree and just did a close-up of a punch hitting it. And just, well, it looked like blood shot out of the eyeball. You know, I doing crazy stuff. like. And then I, sure enough, I would get the memo. It would say, can you please remove that horrible punch to the putty because that is really over the top. And I would say, Oh yes, you're right. I, I I don't know what got into me. Why did I do that? And then we would cut that out, and then the rest of the fight that I really wanted would actually be in the show. So that was these little tricks and things that I learned to do along the way. But this is part of getting the experience because uh, on later shows, even even Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I I used the same kind of techniques of, of giving people what they needed to to satisfy their bosses. And yet still get what I needed to make the show you know so I, I, I learned a lot from from working at uh, uh, Power Rangers and, and, and working for Saban I learned a lot about efficiency too that was the main thing how, how can we do as much as possible crammed into from the time the Sun comes up to the time the Sun goes down how much can we get done
0: yeah, like, I mean, I think, I forgot where I heard it from, but, like, the normal shots that we, you would do in a day, like the normal setups you would do in a day, um, you know, in regular, quote-unquote, Hollywood, mm-hmm. compared to what you would do in Rangers. Like, I mean, talk a little bit about that. Like, what's the typical, and what is what did what did um, Power Rangers have you do?
1: Well, if, and, and, and this was also part of the technique because uh and uh, part of the technique there was a we used a very hong kong style uh, shooting technique that they the same that uh, the japanese adopted it's this way of shooting a portion of a shot that you need and then you move the camera and you shoot other shots that you need then you move the camera and it's a very fast pace you know but you're only shooting portions of things you're not shooting the normal hollywood way and and they've they're able to adapt a little bit more now, but when I first did it with, say, the Australians and the Hollywood crews, they could not, they didn't understand what I was doing. It was like, a, it, and it was a foreign language because it was the Asian way of doing things. And we did it because it was a way of getting things uh, perfected. And we were almost editing camera. You, you, you know all of your shots and then... You, as the director or fight choreographer, you have to go down, sit with the editor, and put those pieces together. Because otherwise, it's just a jumble of short, quick little shots. And they don't know what it means, because they don't know the choreography. And and they, I remember the poor script supervisor that we had on um, on Power Ranger. She would just start crying sometimes, because Aww. she, she couldn't keep up with what we were doing. And I would tell her, don't worry, don't worry. Uh, You know, I'm going to go down there and edit this so you don't have to worry. It's all right. But she would just, because she was trained in the Hollywood way, Mm -hmm. which meant the Hollywood way. And we were sort of stuck uh, uh, doing this on Buffy, which was to shoot a big master, just like you would an acting scene. You shoot a master, then you move in and do close-ups. Then you turn around, you shoot another angle, and you move in and do close-ups over the shoulder of that person, the reverse of everything. And, but you do the entire thing over and over and over. Whereas, if you tried to do these fights like that, first of all, you couldn't do the special techniques that we were doing. Plus, you would be uh, having very short fights. This is uh, they in Hollywood. They have roughly like 20 to 25 setups a, a, a night on a on a Hollywood show. I was doing like 100 setups a day on Power Range. And on other martial arts shows that I've done, too. So I did uh, Sheena, uh, Queen of the Jungle. I did like 100 setups a day. So between 70 to 100 setups a day we would do with a single camera. Just shoot here. OK, move here. And and on Power Rangers, it was a small crew. And the DP was hip to what, what I was doing. So they didn't question it. But when I went to Australia, it was a battle at first because they didn't understand what I was doing at first later they they started uh under once they saw things put together then they started understanding it but at the time i was doing all of these wire gags and shooting at different frame rates in australia and i remember them just going what this doesn't make any sense i don't understand why are you shooting at this frame rate and that and this i said just wait 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 till it's put together and uh but but then uh since matrix and everything now everyone does that so it's kind of old hat now But back then, it was uh, it was a shock. Only only Asian crews could understand it, you know. And I was like the only Caucasian guy who was doing that at the time. So Mm -hmm. it was a real oddball.
0: (laughs) Uh, Were there any techniques that you came up with uh, while working on Power Rangers, anything that you had to kind of create? for your own in order to shoot more efficiently or to create better-looking shots or anything like that?
1: Oh, well, on Power Rangers, I would say things like, I, I remember, if if you remember the Power Ranger movie, do you remember the um, White Ranger spinning like a top and going up and landing on an upper level?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well, when when I did that, i had him spin slowly very controlled you know and then i shot at different frame rates i would do 20 frames per second 12 frames per second even six frames per second and you know normal uh film is is 24 frames per second so when i shot these different frame rates nobody knew what the heck i was doing but then when it was all put together then it made sense it looked like a guy spun like a top and went up that was what they did in hong kong that's the way they did uh hong kong films Mm -hmm. and uh uh then i remember the guy who was working with me on that went over to do blade and they wanted him to recreate that stunt so they tried to do it in real time just shooting 24 frames per second and having and using a ratchet which is um, uh, a pneumatic device air powered device like that would uh, snap someone up very quickly but they were trying to do everything full speed whereas What I did was I created what I needed in the camera. The stuntman didn't really have to fly that fast. Same thing when he comes flipping down out of the sky. I actually had him flip up into the sky because it is very, very difficult to come flipping down from the height that the white ranger flipped down from and land perfectly in line with all of the other rangers. So I did that in reverse. So I was always doing things like that, different frame rates, shooting things in reverse, and um, uh, just on the fly, I would storyboard things and make something that was physically impossible happen. And then later, when guys would try to recreate it, they couldn't do it, and they couldn't figure out. They would literally kill themselves trying to recreate it. But it was all done using uh, directing and editing techniques.
0: Well, look, all I know is that and when I saw the in the movie where he, the, everyone's like, you know, fast motion spinning around this, that and the third and whatever. And I was a kid. I was just like, oh, my gosh, how did I do that? Because, you know, I, I like, you know, me I like my, my films and everything. So I am always trying to figure out how they do things and I could never figure it out. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, I knew now, like later on, but thank you for helping little me figure out <laughs> what you did. Um, but, uh, let's talk about, um, when you were working with the cast themselves, who picked up on stunts quicker, who, you know, needed extra guidance in order to do stunts, because there were a lot of, um, on more fights in Mighty Morphin. Um, nowadays we... We're lucky if we get one so um so like who was easier to pick up on uh different techniques and who did you have to kind of coach more
1: well you you had the martial arts guys the guys who were from a martial arts background like Jason Frank Austin Walter uh, Steve Cardenas Johnny Johnny Young Bosch you know these were the guys that all came from martial arts background then you had the gymnastics people like david yost and amy joe johnson and then you had people who had neither gymnastics or 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 martial arts or anything and that would be like karen ashley or twee uh they they didn't do any any martial arts so depending on what their abilities were i would choose combinations and shots for them to to uh uh, create action around, around their abilities. That's usually what I do with every actor. And, and even with stunt people too, I find out what it is they're really, really good at and make the choreography fit to, to their bodies. You know, um, I would say it, it was more difficult, but it was, uh, with, would say, um, a Karen um, and Twee. Um, as a matter of fact, Twee got injured, uh, in a live performance. She tried to jump off the a mini tramp, you know, doing a little leap in and, and saying hello to the crowd and uh, she she twisted her knee really badly. And uh, I actually had a stunt double for her performing her fight. So a lot of her fights were difficult to do because I could only shoot her standing still. I couldn't have her run or, or kick or do anything. So in the wide shot, it was uh, her stunt double. And in the close-ups, it was her standing perfectly still. So I would have a stunt double fight and then turn, and then it would be Twee. I mean, after she got injured, that's what I had to do. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh,
1: Those those were the more difficult ones, the ones with less ability. Uh, But I remember something very specific that I I did was uh, uh, when I first started the show, David Yost's character was supposed to be, they wanted Billy to be a nerdy character who like he's not coordinated and he's always the other guys are having to help him because he can't fight as well and they wanted uh, Kimberly to be tripping and falling all the time and then uh, uh, Austin or Jason or someone to come in and save her you know this was like typical kind of um, cliche things and what I wanted to do was change it to make the girls fight as good as the guys and to make Billy even though he's intelligent he doesn't have to be because he's a power ranger just like the other guys so make him fight as well so i wanted to bring david up so you see him as as um as the season first season went along you see him get better and better at fighting and that was one of the things i just decided to do that on my own and when they saw it they said yeah that works that's great so we'll do that
0: Well, good, because Mm -hmm. I'm so, I mean, there's so many shows where like, oh, look, the women are weak. Oh, we need the guy's help. Like we, we, we have enough of that already. Like, so, you know, at
1: at that time that those were the only girls who did fighting because I came from the martial arts films. And while um, Sophia Crawford, Cynthia Rothrock and, and these people were in Hong Kong fighting like crazy just like the guys uh here in america we were if they if they came here and, and they did a, a film I, and i worked with them in films the producers would tell me oh we'll make it about the guy the, they're the girls are just background they do a little martial arts but the hero is the mm. guy that's what they would tell me right and I, I thought but yeah but and they would say well guys don't like to see girls fight that was the attitude you know but after power rangers that started changing and when I went, when I went to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, Sophia Crawford was my pink ranger. Then she became Buffy. So I went to Buffy to work with her. And the first thing uh, Joss Whedon said to me was, you know, this character Angel, he really can't fight. He he kind of watches Buffy from the side. And I noticed that I didn't do the first season with Sophia, but I watched in the first season and I saw that Angel would just watch Buffy fight and he would try to help sometimes, but he would you know, she would have to save him. So it was like the reverse of what they wanted for um, the Kimberly and Tommy characters. They wanted Tommy saving Kimberly all the time. And I wanted him to fight as equals. So I, I told Jaws, I said, you know, it was really, really popular when I had Tommy and Kimberly, the pink ranger, the white green ranger fighting side by side. Kids loved it. And he said, can I please start making Angel like a little tougher? Let him throw a couple of kicks, let him get, you know, and let's see how it goes. And he said, OK, you get a couple of kicks in and we'll see how it goes. So we did that. And after that, it took off with the fans. So he said, OK, we'll make Angel equal to Buffy and fighting. And that became a whole, whole new thing and led to a, a, a spinoff and everything. So uh, the, the, because Joss told me his idea was to have the have the reverse of that that cliche he wanted the guy to be the one being saved by the girl and i told him that's just as as you know kind of a cliche as much as the other one was so why don't we just make them equals fighting equally side by side and uh and it, that's i think that appeals to people they like it they like to have a character who's the hero character they're doing the cool fighting you know I was disappointed in, in the, the first Power Ranger movie because we only did, I only did that one fight scene with the Power Ranger suits. And then that was over. And then you see later, I didn't do the, uh, the, the later fights with the, uh, I, I designed some wire gags for them, you know, uh, Jason's uh, spinning kick and things like that. Mm-hmm. But the actual fighting, I noticed I, I left and when they did that fight scene, they made it more like Goonies or something where the Power Rangers would run around and go, ah, yuck, kick one kick and then run away, run away, run away. And then they would hit and then they would run away. And I know it wasn't really like Power Rangers to me. Power Rangers were like superheroes, man. They, they turn into the Power Rangers and they're kicking butt and doing cool stuff. But to me, that was kind of like becoming that, that thing that I was trying to get away from before. And, um, so I like it. I like it when the heroes, if you're going to uh, turn into a superhero, then be a superhero, you know, do cool stuff.
0: Right. Not this stereotypical, like the girl is weak kind of well, nonsense. What yeah.
1: Well, also that kind of stuff that they were doing where the kids are running. Oh, no, it's a scary monster. Run away. Then just, you know, hey, yeah, they would do one kick and then, whoa, watch out. He's big. Run, run. That kind of stuff. It's kind of that was the thinking of certain producers at that time. Mm -hmm. They thought this is what appeals to kids. They didn't really understand. And I I told them uh, afterwards when we had the screening, they said, yeah, you were right. I look at the reaction of that first fight versus the later fight, and he said, you're right. We should have stuck to that idea of these super super fighting heroes, you know. So I hope that in the new movie, and I'm pretty sure they will, I hope that they are, are going more for that kind of thing. Like the... You know, super cool uh, fighting characters, rather than you know, let's make them more like little kids, and then the little kids will like it. I mean, when I was a kid, and I watched uh, uh, Kato and the Green Hornet, or Batman and Robin, or Superman, I didn't want to be, uh, you know, the the uh, some little kid uh, in in the thing. I, I wanted to be Batman. You know, I wanted to right. be those those cool superheroes and i think that's the way that's the way kids are they don't want to be uh, remember when they tried to bring in uh this was right after i left they brought in and he was a cool cool actor but he was a young kid i've never seen this yes. you remember that yeah, I, yeah in yeah. turbo yes. yeah yeah and, and i've i've never i feel i felt bad for him because i've never seen a character get hated on so much <laughs> oh, and yeah is because and yeah. people thought it's because they don't you know kids want to turn into jason frank you know they want to like press a button on their belt and then they turn into the white ranger they don't want to press a button on their belt and turn into that dorky kid that they, you know <laughs> you know what i mean oh, another yeah. kid just like me no yeah
0: like i'm going to turn into this other kid like no yeah. they they want to be you know big and bad and tough and you know yeah. kick butt so mm-hmm.
1: so anyway that that was that was my my thoughts on it anyway um just like uh, I noticed they remember when they used to have when rap got popular? Every they would have all of these characters coming out rapping. A guy on a skateboard, a dog would be a rapper, a granny would be a rapper. <laughs> Everybody was a rapper. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And then of course all of the people who really liked rap, they didn't like those characters. You know, they didn't want to see their granny rapping, you know? It was kind or of a alpha. Joke. <laughs> oh yeah did alpha rap oh, my no God.
0: alpha see now I'm from New York okay so mm. anytime that there's a character that represents themselves as if they sort of maybe could have sounded like they come from New York yeah. I'm just I my ears perk up I'm like oh okay this might be something that I will be able to relate to then they open their mouths and they have yes. this horrible Brooklyn accent and it's coming from a robot I yes. can't I can't oh yeah That's that was awesome. also
2: <laughs> <In> turbo. <laughs> oh turbo <laughs> but uh i uh, i love it i loved what you said about uh billy because um especially for me as a kid you know you see you see the the nerdy stereotype and then yeah. over the course of a couple of seasons you know he loses the glasses he stops wearing the overalls and he you know he gets you can see that he's muscled mm-hmm. up and he's learning from jason and it's natural it makes right. sense because if you're going to be a power ranger Learn martial arts, you know, so it, it, it was a good journey for him,
1: yeah. I think so. I and, and and plus, you know, David Yost was a great athlete and everything, it was easy, uh, to use his gymnastics and 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 do that. And and but but yeah, I thought, what are we teaching kids? We're teaching kids, hey, if you're smart, you can't fight. No, you can't be an athlete. No, you can be smart, you can be the smartest kid in class and still be a great athlete or martial artist or anything else you want to be. You don't have to say, you know, be stuck in one, one role and, okay, I've got to be this, you know, there were a lot of cliches. And, and at first when we started the show and I kind of wanted to break away from all of that, you know, we used to joke about it. You know, Walter would say, Oh, I'm the black Ranger. Cause I wear black. She's the yellow Ranger because she's Asian. I get it. Okay. You know, we, we did all of that, but then we started, uh, you know, we started, Slipping in our own little personalities, you know they're real personalities like like Walter's Walter was an incredible dancer, and so we would throw that right in the middle of a fight scene, we would just have him do his thing and uh, let Walter be Walter, you know, and uh, he was he was an incredible
0: athlete, just incredible okay so let let's let's let us let us let us cut to the chase right here, right who <laughs> really came up with hip hop keto was it you who came up with hip hop keto or was it really Walter that came up with hip hop?
1: It that, that that's Walter because okay. Walter, you know, we're we're making fight scenes and then we'll say we'll put a little section there and say Walter, you want to do, you know, your little uh, dancing because I wasn't, you know, one of the stunt guys. Walter's roommate and and Walter, they were both uh, Danny support- Wayne. Yeah, Danny Wayne. Mm-hmm. They were the they were the two dancers. So you know, and and Danny doubled Walter, who was the black. Danny was the Black Ranger and Walter was Walter, you know. So, uh, we just said to them, you know, you want to put a little uh pop and lock move in here? We'll, we'll, I'll make a space for you to do that. And that's that's where that came from, yeah. Hmm. Well, originally, I think it was a little bit of the Saban writers because they always would, they always at first, they until we, you know, I think Walter and a couple of guys may have complained about it, but at first they didn't mean anything by it, you know, they were all, you know, they're mostly from Israel and they're older. And so their ideas sometimes were cliche when it came to things like that, you know, especially anything to do with the black characters. It was a very cliche and they didn't know, you know, they didn't know they, they were trying, Oh, I'll tell you one time, I, this will kill you. But one time we went, we went to lunch and, um, they, uh, I remember the set dresser, who was an older Israeli man, and he was creating um, a table for the characters on the show. We were going to, first unit was going to film them sitting around having lunch together. So his thinking was, I have to get some kind of Asian food for Twee, and oh, I'm going to, no. yes, but listen to this. I remember he put, like, watermelon and oh, no. fried God. chicken for Walter, because he no. said, <gasps> what, he, in america right and then walter oh walter just about blew a gasket he's like man are you kidding me i mean you know he was he, walter was easygoing and and always having fun but sometimes he just looked at them and went man are you serious and the poor guy he didn't know he was offending anybody he was like what do you mean but this is what people eat if you're asian you eat you eat these noodles right you if you're black oh you if you're this and he was like no man i'm not doing that crap so we changed you know but that's the wow. kind of around around spawning those days you know now I, I it's not that way now but back then we would have to step in and say something sometimes you know because sometimes the crew we would just look at each other and go oh my god man really the stunt team you know we look at each other and think are you serious are they going to make us do this no no Pruitt, you got to talk to them say, okay i'll try i'll try you know watermelon and yes. Bread. chicken. Yes, 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 that really happened. That was it. but did, it, know, he, did they
0: have a side of cornbread with some I orange soda?
1: I just remember when it happened and, and Walter was not happy and but they changed it, you know. He didn't mean it, you know. The guy said, No, I'm sorry, I don't know. I don't understand Americans, you know, these I thought I had it down. but this is what people like. Oh, so, boy. You don't have to do that. You don't have to pretend that if you wear the you know Everybody has to do the cliché thing. I mean, you just let the kids be real kids. And let them uh, uh, be the superheroes. Let them save their friends and save the city. And don't worry, man. It'll be great. But you don't have to try to... Do, you don't have to do that. All right? You don't. And he figured it out. He learned. You know, he was learning along the way, too. Mm-hmm. Wow. But that's how it is. You know, it's, it, people... Come from different cultures, different backgrounds, different ages, and uh, and they don't mean to offend people, but they just don't know any better, you know. And I think Walter understood that. You know? he straightened yeah, it. down. After a while. <laughs> yeah, he calmed down, but he straightened he straightened the man out, and that was it. And the guy apologized, you know, so it was okay.
2: Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> So you mentioned earlier uh, about Thuy uh, messing up her, her knee. Um, any other accidents or any stunts that went awry uh, while on set?
1: Mm, well, we you know, we had one of the stunt guys uh, roll his ankle one time. You know, I mean, we, everybody, mostly I would say as far as the kind of fight scenes that we did in the movies, uh, we have way more injuries doing that. Than we did in uh, on on Power Rangers, even though they were doing difficult things, we were uh, we're very careful and and it's more dance like. The fighting on Power Rangers is very much like a dance. You know, it's not uh, so rough. We can't. We don't even you know really. We're not really grabbing each other and slamming each other so much. I mean, I would have guys go off the mini tramp and flip and hit hit the side of the rocks or a tree and bounce off, but. But they would pad themselves up, and we were so used to it. So we really only had a couple of things. I I remember one time, uh, the one thing that did happen that was was bad was um, uh, we had these rat suits on the movie that were terrible. And so I got him to, I redesigned the suits to make these, what you saw in the movie were these ooze guys. Remember the purple? Right,
0: the tengas, yeah. Right,
1: I got him to change to that. And then we had these rat suits and Shuki Levy said to me, Hey man, let's go over here. We're going to, while we're waiting for this movie to get going, let's go shoot two episodes of the TV show here in Australia. So I said, cool. So we had the rat suits and he said, let's go destroy these rat suits. So we took the rat suits over to a location and and Shuki and the writers, they came up with a script and we, and so we shot two episodes there and, um, during that time, I remember I had the rigor that I was working with on the movie come over, you know, to, 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 we were going to do a wire gag with the rat suit, and I had this, see, on the, on the television show, on the movie, you know, we used thick cable, painted orange, painted it out, all of that, but on the television show, everything was so cheap and so fast that I had to use super thin wire that I could only put certain stunt people on because it was so thin, it would break, you know. Mm-hmm. A- and I would have to h- try to hide it in the tree background because we couldn't erase it. We had no time or money in the budget to erase wires. So anytime we did that, that's, that I had to just hide it naturally, you know. And, uh, and uh, what happened was I had that wire in my uh, rigging bag, and I told the rigger, do not touch this wire. This wire is too thin. It will not hold the guys in the rat suits. Do not touch this. You've got to use the thicker cable. I don't care, even if we're not going to erase it or what, but you're going to use the thicker cable. We'll paint it black and we'll try to uh, hide it in the trees. But do not use this thin wire. And he said, oh, okay, 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 boss. So I went ahead with the directing and doing the other fight scenes. Meanwhile, he looked at the wire and he looked at the... There was a big hill and it was like our... Uh, Our equipment trucks were like a mile away from the set, and he had to rig the cable up for me. So instead of using the cable I told him to use, he used the thin cable, which he shouldn't have used. So he used this thin cable. So we come over there, we do the wire gag with the guy, with the stuntman, Kea, in the rat suit. And as soon as he reaches the high point, the wire snaps. And he fell, and he had this big rat suit with this big rat head on, and he bounced off the ground, and it knocked him out. Mm. Oh, no. Everybody was mad at me, Shh. going, how could, you, how could you let him get hurt? And I was like, I said do not use that wire. So I couldn't say anything. I just said, oh, man, he'll be okay. And we, we put ice on his head and took him to the hospital. But uh, that was, like, the worst accident that we had was when that guy used that. Uh, Did
0: you get fired?
1: no no we had to keep going <laughs> go 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 but he apologized you know he bought me a watch and <laughs> 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 uh, he really should apologize to keia you know the japanese stuntman who was in the in the suit he's the one who got knocked out mm-hmm. wow. but the, all the stunt guys they're used to that you know they know they they all had their injuries and their aches and pains but um uh, it's 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 rough, everybody thinks it's uh, fun and easy, but uh man, it takes a toll on your body so uh, it it's really you have to be a special kind of dedicated person to be able to do that year after year
0: Wow look, I know that you are a very generous man' cause i <laughs> um' cause I know that that person would be far away from me. It's like, it's <laughs> like you made me look bad. I can get away. But I, I mean, you mentioned Buffy a, a bunch of times um, mm-hmm. while we were talking. And um, and I remember when Buffy came out, and I was aging myself, middle school. And mm-hmm. it was the talk of every homeroom. <laughs> everybody watched Buffy. Everybody mm-hmm you know watch the action for Buffy like i mean everybody Buffy was a talk Buffy Magic the Gathering and a little bit of Pokemon but not really but yeah those three things <laughs> were big at the time um, so how did you what how did you get to work on Buffy
1: well i when i was doing Power Rangers i had worked with Sophia Crawford and on, on a film and so she came in and when we had originally we had another girl doing the Pink Ranger for us, but uh, she left the show and there was an opening for Pink Ranger. So we were auditioning a bunch of people and Sophia came in. I, I only thought of her as an actress, you know, because I saw her in Hong Kong films and I worked with her on a on a feature. So I never thought that she wanted to do stunts, but she said, yeah, I'm bored. You know, it's like I want to I want to because in Hong Kong, we're making movies every day, every day. But here i'll do one acting thing and then wait 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 you know looking for the next so if we can if i can do you know fighting every day that would be great and i said oh cool so you'll be a pink ranger so she did the pink ranger the rest of the the time i was there and then when we left she went to work on a pilot for a a series called buffy the vampire slayer and i remember when you know i, I had seen the movie and i remember uh Josh Whedon was told by uh, the studio that they wanted to do something like their idea was to do the Pink Ranger goes to high school by herself. That was the idea for really? Buffy. Yeah, they wanted to make it more of a kid's show, you know. And he said, no, 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 I don't want it to be like a kid's show. I want it to be like the X-Files, you know. And so his idea was a darker kind of vampire thing. Their idea was to make Buffy, that's what they were thinking, like Power Rangers. And he said, I don't want anything to do with Power Rangers. Don't even mention Power Rangers. So I didn't know that. So when I, when I sent in my, my demo reel to him and uh, tried to get a meeting, he rejected me straight away because he said, I don't want the Power Ranger guy. I don't want Power Rangers. So so then they, they did the first season, and Sophia was, was the Buffy stunt double. She did the whole first season, but she couldn't really open up and do too much fighting, you know? And the second season, I mean, they were pretty frustrated. So the second season, uh, they brought in another stunt coordinator. He was fired during the first episode. They brought in another stunt coordinator and they got mad about this before he even got to, he never even got to come to the set. So it was pretty tense. (laughs) Meanwhile, um, Sophia said to the, some of the uh, crew there and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Why don't you uh, have Jeff come in and meet? And John said, no way, I'm not going to meet the Power Ranger guy. I don't want the stupid Power Rangers. So because he said, the last thing I want is for Buffy to be flying around on wires and flipping all over the place. I want fighting. And so I said, wow, he should see my movies. So I put uh, a little tape together of some of the fight scenes just of me from a couple of movies. That's all I had time to do. But it was just me fighting. And I I gave it to his assistant. And his assistant played it. And he looked at the screen and he said, that's what I've been talking about. That's the kind of style I want for Buffy. And they said, well, that's the Power Ranger guy. And he said, what? That's the Power Ranger guy? That doesn't look like Power Ranger. He said, okay, I'll, I'll meet him. And so I went in and met him. And uh, we wound up talking and jumping up and down and kicking and talking about how to make fight scenes. And pretty soon he was enthusiastic and he let me on the show and that's how Sophia and I did did Buffy together so there was a big Power Ranger connection between uh from Power Rangers to Buffy there, the whole thing was connected and even even Walter came and he, he did a little acting gig Very on Power Ranger on Buffy yeah I mean uh, yeah. on Buffy and 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 um I remember uh, Jason Narvey came in an audition for a big a big role on Buffy and I really? pushed it oh yeah I pushed them it was the one there was an episode called, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, well, it was about it was about a group of, of kids. They had a club. They wanted to be real vampires. They dressed up like vampires. They wanted to be vampires, but it was just, and they were trying to make a deal with vampires to turn them into vampires. And <laughs> uh, so the leader of that group, it was kind of like some nerdy kids and stuff, but the leader of the group, was the part that Jason Narby came in and auditioned for. And I was telling the casting people, oh, man, this guy is great. Uh, he's so great. you got to let him have the part. And they said, you're right, he is. He's a really good actor, but we can't We can't use him. And I said, why? He said, because when people see him, they go, oh, it's that guy from Power Rangers. And this was the problem with the, some of the Power Ranger actors. They've all had yeah. this problem. Power- when it's like um, like George Reeves with the original Superman and, and Adam West with Batman. When you become a superhero character that's so popular, then when you try to do another role as an actor, people point to you and go, oh, oh, oh look, look who it is. So Adam West can't be serious now. He can't do a serious part, you know, because he was the comedy version of Batman and uh, it's very difficult for the Power Ranger, original Power Ranger cast, like the later cast, they can do it because they're not it's kinda like they all kind of merge together, you know, because they change mm-hmm. Because they change so often, you know. But the original the original Power Ranger cast became so popular so fast and around the world that when people see them, even now, these years later, I mean Amy Joe's been fighting this. She she got to do a series and she that's it, it it wasn't anything against Power Ranger fans or anything that she didn't want to do too much Power Ranger uh, uh, events or things for a while because she was trying really hard to get over being Kimberly, you know? She wanted to do other parts. It is very difficult for those guys. So I felt bad because Jason was the best actor for that part. He really was. And they knew it, but they couldn't use him because they said, oh, it's Skull, you know? Vulcan All skull right. people would he, they said they told me they said people Jeff people will hear that Vulcan skull theme song when he comes walking on they won't <laughs> take it seriously oh, no. and, oh, and you know I felt so I felt for him because the stunt people we're anonymous we can go from this this style that style you know this show that it, people don't know us but the actors oh whatever when you become popular it's great but it also has a reverse side too, especially when you're popular in a kid's show.
0: Well, it's, I mean, it's not even just superheroes too, it's like, um, with sitcoms, I mean, anything that's really popular, I remember it was oh gosh, Married with Children, um, Ed Bundy's um, actor. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, I forgot what film or whatever, I mean all of a sudden, like he was like a serious role and then, you, you know, you, you open the doors, he walks in with like two other people, and then people just start laughing because they think it's Ed Bundy. It's-
1: yeah, I know, I know. That's exactly right. It was a, uh, and 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 um, Ed O'Neill. You know, I, I worked on Married with Children with Ed O'Neill. He was great, great actor. He could do a lot of things, serious, and he tried to do serious uh, roles. But he had to go back to the comedy thing because, they, like you said, they they go Al Bundy. That's Al Bundy. You know, mm-hmm. they take him seriously. I think now he might be able to do it, but. For a long time, when you have something that's so popular like Married with Children, oh man, they look at you. Um, I know that um, the lady who played uh, Peg Bundy, his, his wife, she did that uh, that motorcycle outlaw show recently, yeah, you know? and um, she was able to. But, but the producer of it was her, also her husband. So they've sort of put that together themselves. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it and it, and there's a lot of years in between. I think maybe now, with all of the years that have gone past, maybe some of the guys could now come out as adults and be and and and, and do some kind of a part. But right after, right after Power Rangers, like that, so soon? Oh man! So, so
0: yeah, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. It's hard. So yeah. So um, one other thing that I remember, right? So I remember, okay, again, I was a kid, and okay. I'm sitting down and I'm watching Family Matters. -hmm. And I am—it's the episode where Steve Urkel uh, turns into a Bruce Lee type character, you know, because because you know his little his um, little—I forgot the kids' names, but they were getting bullied and what have you. And and then I see somebody that first of all I see actually the 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 main gang member or whoever he was also on an on an episode a few episodes in power ranger zio so i remembered him i'm like wait a minute that's sean and then i remember this bearded guy i was like wait a minute that's tommy and then i remember seeing you as well i'm like wait a minute you, how, did you, you saw,
1: how did you see me people didn't know who i was <laughs> i remember people saying at the time hey that's uh jason frank it's that's that's tommy but I'm I'm standing right next to him and nobody knows that uh that I'm me, you know, because they, but but uh yeah, a few of the Power Ranger fans. I remember one one Power Ranger fan actually came to the somehow he came to the um uh the taping of that show. Really? And, yeah, and he watched me and, and Jason play. That was fun. Uh, do you know that um opposite us there was um uh, I don't know, one of the guys who was tall and uh he looks sort of like Jason Frank. Anyway, he's one of the gang guys. That was Chad, and he I gave him his first stunt job on a film in 1992. He was my first angel double, stunt double. Then I, I, I told uh, um, uh, the Hong Kong guys about him when they got ready to do Matrix, when Matrix was, was prepping, you know. So he be- became Keanu Reeves' stunt double, and now he's directed a film with Keanu Reeves. And that's him in the fight scene with me and Jason Frank. So that's, that's actually Angel and Neo <laughs> standing.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a crazy scene if you think about it, all the guy all of the guys, he's, all, all of the stunt guys. Oh, and the guy, uh, when you see uh, Urkel flipping, right. did you ever see. Did you ever see uh, there's a on YouTube this popular funny fail video called Afro Ninja, with the guy is he's auditioning yes. for yes you've seen it I he's have auditioning, seen it. he's spinning his nunchucks and he starts to do a backflip but he comes up short and knocks himself out Mm-hmm. knocks himself for a loop. Well, that was the stunt double for that's Mark Hicks. He was the stunt double uh, for Urkel. He was really good stuntman, but huh. on that. That particular audition was back in the day, and he slipped, and he knocked himself senseless. But he wound up getting that job, and then he went on to do <laughs> Hong Kong films and many, many, many stunt double roles and everything. So he's, he's still around, still acting, still doing stunts, and, uh, uh, but that was Mark. So yeah, Mark is also, Afro Ninja is in there as well. So if, if you look at wow. all of the stunts in that one little scene, oh, I'm sure I could come up with a story about each and every stunt guy in that, in that fight
0: Crazy. You just, and so did, did you bring them all together? You're like, look, I need I need you, I need you guys, come all in here. We're gonna fight Urkel. Like,
1: no, actually, it, it Phil Tan was this was the stunt coordinator of that, okay. that show, and uh, he called he called me, and then he, he and then he said, hey, you got Jason Summer? So anyway, we just all kind of wound up there together, and I, because you know, in in that kind of thing. They want a uh, a racially mixed gang. They don't want any. They you know it's kind of <laughs> like if you remember those days when and, and I, it was that way when I when I first came to Hollywood too. Nowadays we have gangs. They look like gangs, right, in a movie, mm-hmm. but on those sitcoms back then you had to be like one of each. So you have you have an Asian guy, you have a Mexican guy, you have a white guy here and there. Make sure you have a few white guys. You have a black guy. There's no like. Uh, racial divides when you're a gangster in these cute little sitcoms back then it was like you came from everywhere they were just like generic we were generic gangs and they used to tell me that i looked too much like Donnie osman or something they would try to <laughs> hide me <laughs> they said yeah you guys look pretty rough but Pruitt, can you you know just try to duck behind that guy's shoulder you know but i was a lot younger then so
0: <laughs> oh goodness um one of the other shows that i remember i don't know if you worked on this or not because i couldn't find it but i remember the show growing up um, watching wmac masters and then Mm -hmm. going back and looking and i'm just like wait a minute a lot of these people Mm -hmm. are stunt people martial artists like did you have any involvement with that at all because i feel like by osmosis that you would
1: what happened was um I, after after the Power Ranger movie, they asked me to come down and direct that, but I had just joined the DGA, and mm. so I told them, no, I have to, I can't, I'm going to go do it. So I went overseas and did some movies, but Sophia, mm-hmm. went to, she actually won the WMAC, Dragon Dragon Star, whatever it was. She so Sophia played Chameleon, right? Uh, that was Pink Ranger. Then we had uh, Hean, who was the White Ranger, Green Ranger. He was on it. We had uh, the original Red Ranger stunt double was Eric Betts. He was on it. Yeah. It was like, and then Yuji um, uh, was one of the Japanese guys who was one of my original Japanese stunt men. He went down and worked on it. And Isaac Florentine, mm-hmm. who was the original uh, action director for the first few episodes of Power Rangers, even though he was directing films he came in and did uh, a couple of, a few episodes of that so it's like everybody everybody power ranger related they all went down there yellow ranger pink ranger white ranger black ranger they're Actual all there rangers
0: like like i mean like that was, show if you if you just want to like get a little history of of who is who and what is what you just kind of watch that show and you're like
2: yeah
1: you could it, i could i could line up the the rangers the their suits with and, and then you can line up on WMAC Masters, all of the Power Rangers that are in those suits that you're watching on Power Rangers, that's them out of the suits playing some other character with their first name, you know?
2: Right. Yeah, and, I I remember just reading the credits on Power Rangers all the time, and I'd be like, Bridget Riley, that name sounds familiar. That's WMAC Masters, and then right. like even Mike Chat eventually became a Power Ranger. That's
1: right. That's right. He did. He did. It's funny because uh, there are certain guys like, you know, like we, we talk about Johnny Young Bosch all the time, like he could just be one of the stunt team, you know, he could just easily just be a stunt man and forget about all this acting stuff. But, you know, certain guys are <laughs> like, that. Oh, yeah, certain guys are it's a, it's it's the one show where having some martial arts ability actually helped them in getting the job. Whereas on on other shows, you know, nobody cares. They go, oh, don't worry about your fighting. We just, if you can act, you know. So you you, as you might might know, it's it's mostly about the acting, and then they leave it up to the stunt team to come up with the the action, and make them look good in the action. But um, but you have, have certain actors there, like I say, Austin, Jason Frank, all of these guys that they could just they could just forget about acting and come join the stunt team and we'll go we'll go play, you know. He could Jason Frank could have been uh, been the White Ranger himself instead of he and you know right. and, yeah Unless some other long haired kid play, play <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh, it's more Just fun to the be the pretty a boy actor.
0: take that role eh. yeah
1: yeah but because he had so much fun you know that was one thing about the the martial arts guys not so much the others as much I mean they did their job and they had we all had fun but. The martial arts guys, oh, they could not wait until we did a fight scene, you know, because it was like, okay, okay, are we finished talking? Let's fight. Come on. Let's fight. (laughs) It's like they couldn't wait. I mean, we were just like we were just like a group of young kids. If you can imagine, imagine how you guys were when you were kids watching the show and then you would play Power Rangers and jump off the sofa. Well, we were like that. We were like that. We were like those those kids that watched the show. We were like that, except we were the Power Rangers, so... And had ability, just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were just just, uh, energetic, shall we say, and uh, we we, uh, wore the crew down (laughs) with our energy. Never got tired. One thing that um, when Koichi and I were roommates back in the day before Power Rangers ever came out, and I saw this ad where Toy was, like I said, trying to sell the rights, I remember I looked at it, it was in Variety, uh, the trade magazine Variety, and I held it up and I said, man, do you think kids here in America would like that? And he said, oh, yes, 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 kids all over the world would like this. He said, I wish they would make a movie, uh, make a a TV show like that here. And sure enough, they did and we did. So... um, it's uh, uh, it's still going today. And I and uh, when I was at that, uh, what was it? The Morphicon, I ran into some of the producers and stuff and we just looked at each other and said, my God, man, can you believe this? All these years later and people still remember that I, I, I it's it's a miracle. And, and it felt like uh, it felt like we were part of the Star Trek world or, or Star Wars or something, you know, and I guess it is it is like that the original cast, the original shows, I didn't think anyone would remember any of it at this time. But yet, because it keeps playing, somewhere in the world, those shows are playing right now. And the fact that, and and also you guys have all grown up, you know, you watch the original shows, and now you're older, and you're still just like me with Bruce Lee. I have this fondness for I have uh, the Green Hornet on DVD in there, and I'm sure that a lot of the kids that watch the original Power Rangers, they have those original Power Ranger shows on DVD. A lot of them, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is. Uh, oh, and here's something else. I remember uh, I was at Bronson Cave shooting Power Rangers, and when we first got going, and I remember I looked at the cave and said, "Oh, wow, that's the cave that the Batmobile came out of," you know. <laughs> and I and I told the and I told my DP who he had he had trained with the dp uh, the director of photography for uh, the original batman series the 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 dp for batman was his teacher and uh, he said i remember telling my teacher this is what he told me he said i remember telling my teacher i'll never do anything like batman and i said but man don't you know this show that we're making right now this could be this generation's batman this could be the colorful Batman show that I saw in the sixties. This could be the kids of today in the nineties. This could be their their Batman. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and, and said, No way, man. This show it'll be after after thirteen episodes, no one will ever hear of this again. And he said, You better you better get a copy of the tape because no one's ever gonna see this. And I said, All right, well, I just have a feeling. And sure enough, I was right. <laughs> so I'll rub that in if I ever <laughs> see it we are we uh, are have made a
0: bet on that <laughs> collect those bets mm-hmm. oh goodness gracious well thank you so much for You're spending welcome. time with us you have shared some wonderful stories i've laughed i've cried <laughs> and uh and
1: i didn't mean to make you cry probably <laughs> has to be the story made you cry huh sorry about that <laughs>
0: No, I I literally, I think I had to mute my mic because I was bust dying laughing. Like, it was crazy.
1: Telling that story, but it's true. It happened.
0: Oh, it's so unbelievable.